Welcome to the More Than Fitness Podcast. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another solo episode of the More Than Fitness Podcast. Um, today's episode is going to be my 2020 retrospective. Uh, I did a retrospective back in 2019, which I will link in the show notes. Um, but just to jump right into things and to, to give you a little bit of a background uh, on what a retrospective is, or at least what this retrospective will entail, uh, it is when you look back on past events to identify what worked and what didn't work. Uh, a retrospective helps you celebrate your wins and identify your weaknesses. It helps you learn from the past and correct for the future. I got this idea first from my friend and mentor, Nate Green, who I am actually very, very excited to tell you guys that I got him for the 100th episode. Uh, so he is coming up very soon. I know I've mentioned him quite a few times. Some of you may know him. Others may not, uh, but one thing's for sure, if you've listened to my stuff for a while or read through some of my stuff, you're going to know that I mentioned Nate's name quite a few times, uh, and I just really look up to him in, in quite a few different ways, so I'm stoked that he decided to say yes to be my 100th podcast guest. So that is coming up very soon. I'm not sure what episode this is, actually, but the 100th one is coming up. Um, but yeah, so he was the the uh, inspiration behind these retrospectives, uh, and I think it's just a it's just a, a good idea to do, honestly. And and how to do your own personal retrospective is you simply pick a particular project or time period and ask yourself the following question: Question one is what's working. So what did I do right? What am I proud of? The second question that you ask yourself is what's not working. So what could be improved? What are my biggest opportunities for growth? And question three, how can I fix what's not working for a better result? So what specific things can I focus on next time? Then you spend 15 to 30 minutes writing about each of those. And so that's exactly what I did for the 2020 year. And don't worry, this isn't going to be a bunch of stuff that uh, I'm just going to be writing like a or, or speaking to you guys like a dear diary or anything like that. I What I did was I picked out several things, but then I made it applicable to you guys so that you could get some value out of it. And I'm just not rambling on about what I did or didn't do throughout the year. So let's go ahead and, and real quick, I need to just pat myself on the back here. There is no liquor involved in the solo podcast. So if I if I stutter, if I slur my words, that is completely 100% sober Matt. Uh, and I will take the full blame instead of the alcohol. Um, so let's go ahead and get into it. Question number one, what's working? So what did I do right in 2020? And what am I proud of? The first one, which may be obvious for some of you guys, uh, I moved to New York City, right? So there's a pandemic going on, tons of shit going on in 2020, right? Um, and I guess that that should probably be a disclaimer here as well. I, I think that there should be a big asterisk next to anybody who does a uh, personal review of 2020 um, or, or or does one of these retrospectives. Obviously, you know, results may vary depending on whatever happened to you, but. Again, going to try and provide you guys some value here. So yeah, the first thing that's what's working, uh, I moved to New York City. Uh, and, and for me, this was a probably the most adult thing that I've ever done in my, well, what's funny is I'm recording this on December 27th, and my birthday is tomorrow, December 28th. Um, so I will be turning 27 tomorrow. So in my 27 years of life, this moving to New York City is by far probably the most adult thing that I have done. I was born and raised in Kentucky, right? In a, in a 20,000 person uh, small town. And then I moved to Lexington, Kentucky for college to go to university. Uh, and they have about 300,000 people. But then I, I, I've i been in those two places my entire life as far as cities go. And then I decided to, to get out of my comfort zone uh, and move to New York City with my girlfriend because she goes to law school there. Uh, she, she was already in New York city. And so I just moved in and, uh, uh, 
we now have a place together. And yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely pushing out of my comfort zone because I was first very reluctant to even do it. Uh, I, I didn't want to get out of my comfort zone. I was very happy with all my friends and family being local in, in Kentucky. Uh, you know, uh, rent is, is definitely going to be cheaper. Uh, just the types of people that I was around. I'm used to driving culture-wise, et cetera, et cetera. Again, I'm not going to talk about this too much because if anybody's listening to this, um, uh, multiple of my episodes, you know what I'm about to say, basically. But but one thing that I haven't touched on is is how I do pride myself on my internal locus of control, right? So just making sure that no matter what my environment is, uh, I am okay, right? I, I really pride myself on my ability to to um, thrive no matter what the conditions are. And so I think that that's very easy to say whenever conditions are ideal, right? I'm living in Kentucky. Uh, I haven't been thrown out of my comfort zone, right? Because I, I've been around all my family and friends. Uh, you know, my business is online, so that doesn't get affected much either way. Um, but but as far as doing something like this, I haven't really put that internal locus of control to the test. And I think that moving to New York City was my my big test. This is the ultimate test of, of really proving myself. And I think for the, so I moved there in August, so I've been there for about six months or so. Um, I'm doing I'm doing okay. Uh, I, I'm I'm enjoying myself actually. I'm really uh, adapting to the city life. Uh, I really enjoy seeing the different types of people and the different cultures. And and obviously, there's much more diversity going on in New York City than Kentucky. I enjoy walking more. I enjoy going to the grocery store, walking to the grocery store, getting my groceries maybe a couple times a week instead of just going there once per week. And driving there like I would uh, in Kentucky. And uh, it just really reminded me actually of a, 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 whenever I was talking about this, it reminded me of a story that I wanted to bring up uh, from a guy by the name of Josh Waitzkin. And for anybody who doesn't know, Josh Waitzkin was like a chess prodigy. He was a national champ. Uh, he wrote a book called The Art of Learning. Uh, he was a black belt in jujitsu. He's been on Tim Ferriss and a few of these other big podcasts. Uh, he's just a, a super smart guy. But one of the things that he talks about with uh, regards to locus of control is how he likes to parent his children. And one of the examples of this is parents' language around the weather outside, right? So it's bad weather, we can't go outside, right? Or it's good weather, we can go outside. You say these things to a child over and over again, they see rainy days or stormy days as more of like a negative thing. Uh, and then they see good weather, they see sunny weather uh, as more of a positive thing. So they can do this whenever the conditions are like this, or they can't do this whenever the conditions are like this. So this is just a really good, easy example of teaching your child an internal locus of control by saying it's a beautiful rainy day outside, right? And I thought that that was just, it's just a really good example of, of how one, of course, you can use this with children, but I think it's also a good example of just teaching the idea of internal locus of control and making sure that you aren't letting your surroundings and your environment dictate your mood, your well-being, how you act, how you respond to things. Uh, and I think that that's just a cool, whenever I first heard that and he, he, he talks about how his son will now look outside on a rainy day and say, look, dad, it's just, it's such a beautiful stormy day outside. And, and I think that that is, that's really cool. Um, and so for, for, for me, I was thinking that New York city would just be that rainy day. You know, I was thinking in my head whenever I first uh, had the idea that I was actually going to have to move there if I wanted to stay with my my girlfriend, right? If, unless is I could have done long distance, but I didn't want to do that shit. So I was like, okay, I, I am going to move there. And at first I was reluctant, but then uh, I would just, uh, I wanted to stay open-minded. I went there. I've been there now for, for six months and it's, it's absolutely changed how I look at the world and how I see different people living and the possibility and potentials of ways you can live whenever you get 
out of your comfort zone. And, and it's just, I, I think that we can be so reluctant to do that. And, and New York City was a way of kind of really forcing me out of that comfort zone. So, so that's something I really am proud of. And not to mention, I get to live with my girlfriend in New York City. Uh, people can, can say what they want uh, about the place, but it's, it's absolutely so many people's dream to be able to live in that city. And, and I get the opportunity to do so. So I think that that's, uh, I just, I, I have to recognize how, whatever you want to call it, blessed I am to, to be able to, to live there with my girlfriend and to uh, experience that together. So I think that's special. All right. The next thing that I think went well during 2020 was this podcast, the More Than Fitness podcast, and all of you guys listening. I, I we have done pretty good, honestly. Uh, you know, uh, I'm just comparing it to to I feel like how I how it was whenever we first started out. Uh, and I don't pay a lot of attention to the numbers and things. And I'm not going to share the numbers on here or anything like that, because I don't think it really matters. But what I think matters is I know that we are progressing due to people talking about how much the, the podcast has, has impacted them, right? Or I get messages here and there. I see the rate and reviews going up. I see coaching applications that come in and say they, they love my podcast. I get emails of people saying they love the podcast. And I'm like, that's so incredible because I'm still here by myself talking to a microphone. And as weird as it, it may seem, I know that I am having an impact on a few of you. And I think that that's, uh, that's just, that's really cool. It's a really cool feeling, especially because I enjoy doing this. Uh, and, and clearly, uh, a few of you guys enjoy listening to me. So I think that that's pretty cool. And I can't thank you guys enough. But I think one of the things that the podcast has done and that I would recommend you guys to do. Um, I mean, you could you could start your own podcast, uh, but I think even just I'm I'm trying to put this in perspective. If you didn't have a career or job or something that required, you know, uh, some type of self promotion or something, uh, even just you know what's inter interesting, even just recording yourself in conversations just lay, like turn like clicking the record button while you're while you're speaking and then putting your phone down and then listening back to those conversations later on and i've realized of certain ticks and things that i do my girlfriend actually recently got pissed at me because i pointed out to her uh, because now i'm i'm more susceptible to hearing things like like or uh or so uh, or like mine is right. I say right, or I say so, or I say, uh, you know, that's another one. These little filler words, all these little things that, that kind of dilute our message and dilute the way that we speak. We don't even realize these ticks that we have until someone else points them out. And, and I pointed out to my girlfriend because she really was asking for feedback. And I say, you do say like often. And now every time she's talking to me, she'll start speaking sentences and then she'll go like, 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 I know. And, and she just kind of catches herself because you become more self-aware of your speaking. And, and I think whenever you're more self-aware of your speaking, uh, you're, you're thinking harder about what you're saying. Whenever you're thinking harder about what you're saying, you're going to articulate your ideas and communicate better. You're going to be, become a more effective communicator. Uh, and so, and I think what also happens is I also become my own role model in some ways with this podcast, which is, sounds weird and slightly narcissistic, um, <laughs> now that I think about it. But what I'm saying is that whenever I talked to you guys, I now, and I, 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 tell you guys about these ideas or principles or uh, whatever it is that I, I'm, whatever advice it is that I'm, I'm giving to you guys, I have to follow through on these things myself or else I'm a hypocrite or, or I'm a fraud or whatever. And this doesn't even come down to people finding out 
that I don't do those things. This is my own conscious, right? Like this, this is, this is my own conscience. Like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like you talk about X, Y, and Z on your podcast day in and day out. And then you do this instead. Right. So it kind of, it's like my own little bullshit detector in my own head. Uh, and I think that even if you don't start your own podcast or something, I think it can be helpful. Uh, I think another thing that w- would make sense that isn't necessarily speaking related, uh, at least actually verbally, would be something like journaling, right? I think that that's, that's something that could be super easy for every single person that's listening to this to do. And, and whatever form of fashion that is to you, however you want to journal, if you want to buy one of the fancy fucking, uh, you know, whatever, five-minute journals or, or self-journals or, or, you know, if you want to get really high-tech about it or something, that's great. I mean, if that's what gets you to actually do it, then that's awesome. Like, continue to do that because the the practice is what is important. But for me, I just use uh, typically like some type of, uh, um, what's it called? It's like a text pad type thing, but it's just a, it's not even the notes app. It's not any type of uh, app at all. Actually, it's, it's just, oh, it's plain text. Sorry. That's what, that's the word. It's just plain text. And all I do is I put the date, I put the time, and then I just let my mind go, right? I just start putting words on the page without judgment. Uh, and, and, uh, and I think that that's what you have to keep in mind is that this isn't for anybody except for you. And this isn't something that I do daily. So I don't even want to act like it is something I do daily. This is simply whenever the idea comes into my mind is like, oh, I haven't journaled in a while, or there's a lot going on in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull this out. I'm going to, I'm just going to start typing because I feel like uh, either something has happened in my life that I think is worth documenting that I'll be excited about uh, looking back on in the future, or maybe something really bad that's gone on, because I think that both of those are important. You just don't, you don't want just a highlight reel going through that. And you also don't just want negative things, right? Whenever things are going really bad, you don't want to just journal about those too. I think it's, I think it's just whenever you get that, or as soon as the urge comes in my mind of like, maybe I should journal right now, that's whenever I'm like, okay, I know I should do this. So then I pull it out and it could be two sentences, right? But there's no, there's no boundaries. There's no structure. There's no guidelines. It's literally date, time, and then what's on my mind. And then that's it. Um, so yeah, I think that to get back to my point, podcasting and having this podcast has made me become a better thinker, a better communicator, a better speaker, and just more self-aware of my own ideals. And I think that that's pretty cool. And not to mention, it's also connected me with tons of really cool people that I look up to uh, a lot, right? I think that that's, that's another thing that is missing uh, from, from a lot of people's life is just reaching out to people they look up to. And luckily with a podcast, you can use it as an excuse to have them come on and then hopefully also... Uh, you can you can have people come on and then you can have that conversation with them and then also share it with your audience. So I think that that's that's really cool. But this could even be sending an email to somebody you re- you really look up to, uh, or sending a DM or something or some type of expert, right? Uh, I think that that's that's something missing in in quite a few people's life that I think could make a massive impact if they ask a really good specific question that this person, uh, this specific person may have an answer for. So that's something I would recommend. Okay, and lastly, the last thing that I am proud of, uh, the last thing that I think is working or that did work in 2020 was that it was a year of thinking, strategizing, and divorcing time and money, right? So what I did throughout 2021 or 2020 was um, I didn't do tons of reps, right? So, so in, the, in the past, what I've done is I've set up a whiteboard as far as content goes. And I was like, I, have, I wanna put out these five pieces of content every day or every week. For example, I want to post here, I want to post here, I want to post here. And then it's just checking off the boxes. It's just putting in those reps over and over and over. It's basically like messy 
action. That's kind of the, the way I like to think about it. It's like there's not too much strategizing going on. It's just doing. And I think that there are periods of time that that is absolutely helpful, especially in the beginning of things, whenever you're just getting started with stuff, because you don't have the appropriate filters and specific knowledge yet to know what's right or wrong or what you want or not, right? So, so I think that 2020 for me was a year where I did less of that messy action and it was a lot more thinking. I was thinking about what I really wanted uh, uh, what I wanted to do with my time on a day-to-day basis, how I wanted to make money. Um, and and that's kind of what I did, actually. Uh, it, was, it was very interesting. I was looking at some of my sales and stuff on, on PayPal and things, and I realized that I made close to about the same amount of money as I did last year. No, no, um, no full disclosure here. I actually didn't make as much money as I did last year, and I'm completely okay with that because my number of transactions went down 41%, right? So I'm making, I, I'm, I made very close to the same amount of money as I did last year, but my number of transactions went down by almost half, right? So what that means to me, and it, it shows me that I, was, I, I accomplished exactly what I was trying to do whenever I say divorcing time and money, right? Because if I can, if I can reduce the amount of transactions, you guys have to remember, so uh, I'm in the client service business, so, so my number of transactions throughout the year I want them to be, uh, I don't want to be working with, I don't want to be working with a hundred people for a hundred dollars a month, right? Instead, I would rather work with 30 people for $300 a month, right? And, and so that's, that's the way that you can somewhat divorce your time and money. I also made a product, automated fitness, right? That I, that did, that did fairly well. And as soon as I make automated fitness, like my time with that, besides promoting it is basically none, right? Like I don't have to consistently make that same product over and over and over again. So that's a, a simple way of divorcing my time and money. And this is just a way of working smarter and not harder. And so I think how this relates to you guys is you can think about what problems are you consistently having on a regular basis and how can you outsource that to someone else, uh, to, to an expert or whatever, or how could you automate that? And so a few examples of this, so you take fitness, for example, right? You, you consistently, you've been having the same problem with fitness for, for months or for years. You've been trying shit over and over again, but now just the mental fatigue and the uh, other shit that you have to worry about in your life, uh, it's just not worth the continual effort and headaches that you're getting from doing it on your own. So then it's like, it makes sense to outsource that to a coach. Let the coach teach you for, for three to six plus months, learn from them, extract their knowledge, build proper routines, habits, mental frameworks, whatever you want to call it, so that you can be prepared to continue doing it once you guys stop together if you work with a good coach, right? So just just say you work with myself, right? The whole point of you hiring me as a coach is for me to teach you so that you don't need me forever, right? Like that's, that's one of the whole goals is like, I want, that's a, that's the, that's the epitome of a good coach is whenever their student doesn't need the coach anymore, right? Like that's, that's how it should be. Um, so thinking about things that you can outsource. So that's just one of the things, uh, you could also think about like this with relationships or dating. You could have a relationship coach, right? Some people end up doing that. You could have a, a money coach, uh, right? Uh, and this is, you can also, whenever I say outsource, this could be other services or things, right? This could be some type of meal prep service. Maybe you don't want to make your meals on a regular basis. So this is a form of outsourcing and automating. That way you outsource your meals. So that for, for me and my girlfriend, something we also did was we started getting HelloFresh this year. And I think we typically get three or four meals 
uh, dinners delivered to our apartment every single week. And then now we have dinner figured out for at least four out of the next seven days. Right. And so that's a way of outsourcing and automating that. I know I understand that that costs money, but in the short term, you, you might think like, oh, this is, I don't, I don't want to give up my money for these things. But what it's doing is it's buying you back time. It's buying you back mental, uh, fatigue, right? It's, 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 it's buying you back headaches. There, there's so much things other than just like thinking about it of this money out of your pocket for X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, that money's going out of your pocket so that you can relax with your kids in the evening or that so that you can give your full attention to your significant other whenever you're done with work and you don't have to bicker back and forth about who's going to make dinner, right? I, I think that that's, that's something that needs to be thinking uh, thought about as well. And whenever it comes to uh, other things that you could automate, so automating like savings, you have you have money issues or something like that. It's like figure out how to automate your savings so that you pay yourself first with every single paycheck. Don't even let that money hit your checking account, like automatically send it to some type of savings account so that you do pay yourself first before you spend that money on whatever, whatever bullshit it is that you're, that you're buying on a regular basis that you know you shouldn't, right? So, so make it, make that right choice, the easy choice by automating it. Uh, I think uh, another way with this is, is buying books, right? Uh, buying books on money. This is, this is where I learned uh, some of, some of that stuff. So I will teach you to be rich by Ramit Sethi. Ignore the title. The information is phenomenal. Ramit is a smart dude. That's that's one thing that I would highly recommend uh, doing. So yeah, outsourcing couldn't could mean not just to a service or to another person, but it could be buying a course or product or book from somebody else who is an expert in the field that is dealing with a specific problem that you keep consistently having over time. Right. So so that's. That's what I would recommend uh, for you guys to do. And, and I think that it was such a dominant factor in my happiness in 2020 is because I was, I really, I think it might've been partially from the pandemic. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like, what's the, the saying to, to someone who's a hammer, any problem can look like a nail or, or something like that. It's just like, that's, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. I don't want to just keep working as hard as possible in a simp in, in a certain direction, whenever that certain direction may not be the right place that I want to go to in the first place. It's like, first you have to identify the real problem. Right. And, and so I, I think that that's what I had to do. And that takes a lot of thinking and rest and recovery and not just consistently banging my head against the wall, working harder, grinding harder, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think there are years for that, which I will get to in a moment. But this year was the year of, of thinking and strategizing and divorcing time and money. And I am very happy about that. Um, all right. Let's move on to question two let's see how are we doing on time 28 minutes yeah we're good because this these next two questions there's only three questions this will go by fairly quickly let me grab a drink of water but real quick question two what's not working in 2020 so what could be improved what are my biggest opportunities for growth and how i split this up was between business relationships and fitness actually just one second i'm gonna get a sip Okay, let's get into this. So like I was saying, 2020 was a year of, of thinking and strategizing, but 2021 is now a time to put in the work again, to be 100% honest. Honest, it, it, it's I 2020, like I said, was a year for realigning. And now that I have realigned, I think now it's simply time to put in the work until it's time to realign again. I think that that's what's super helpful. And that's why I think these retrospectives can be so helpful is because it allows me to kind of realign and reflect on, on what things have happened in the past and so that I don't repeat them in the future. And so every, you know, three, six, 12 months, it's important to realign to make sure that whatever has gone on, you can um, 
you can adjust for that, you can adapt to that, and you can make sure it doesn't happen again in the future. And you're also in a better place by the end of next year. And so for for my business, yeah, like I said, uh, I, I think that what was lacking in 2020 was those reps. I, I think that I, I wasn't actually selling a ton. I wasn't putting out tons of content. I was still putting out content, but it was more so I was at a... Um, you know, I was maybe at like a six out of 10 on the amount of work that I could put in on a regular basis. And I really want to crank that dial up to more of an eight, nine or 10 over this next year. Um, and how I'll do that, I will explain in the next question. But but yeah, as far as what's not working, I think for business, um, it, it's simply it, now it's time for me to just really do the work to put it to put it very simply uh, i think that again there's there's time and place for the strategizing but then you've got to you've got to fucking you've got to do you've got to do the shit right you've got to do the work and the next is relationships so for this one um don't worry i'm not going to go on any big uh soapbox or anything like that, or divulge tons of details about my relationship. But for me, I think one of the things that I have struggled with whenever it comes to a relationship, my relationship with Mal, so with my girlfriend, uh, is being fully present after work is over because being self-employed, right? It's just kind of that the the five o'clock cutoff doesn't really exist, right? There's always things I could be doing. And so what would happen some days is I wouldn't get all of my work done in, during the actual workday, right? While we're both working. And then whenever the time came for, for us both to shut off, work-wise at least, and spend some time together, I was still thinking through problems in my head. And I realized the days that I did this more often were the days that maybe the the day didn't go as I'd planned whenever it comes to work, right? I didn't get certain priorities done that I wanted to get done. And so all I could think about after I got done with work uh, and then me and my girlfriend were supposed to hang out is I was just thinking about getting that done or, or the stuff that I needed to do for the next day, right? I was just working through these problems in my head and it, it's even worse and I feel even more guilty whenever it's my fault in the first place because maybe I was dicking around for a certain part of the day. Maybe I, I was watching, uh, you know, I, my lunch break went over a little bit longer than I wanted or I got caught up with certain micro procrastinations throughout the day, right? I, I read a, a tweet thread here. I watch a couple videos here. You know, I, I see a couple Instagram posts here. Uh, you know, so it's, 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 it's all of those things kind of combined and then... Uh, by the time it comes for, for me and Mal to hang out, I'm just not fully there and that's not okay, right? Like I, I need to, because I, I'm also, with my abilities to, to focus on things, it's it's not hard for me to, to uh, how do I put this lightly, tune her out, for example, right? Because I can, I can I'm very good at being in my head uh, and, and really just having tunnel vision and not thinking about whatever else is going on, on around me. But that can be a double-edged sword, right? That's good whenever you really have to buckle down and focus on your work, but it's bad whenever your girlfriend's trying to tell you about her day and you're thinking through some other issue um, and, uh, yeah, that's just, that's not, it's, it's, it's disrespectful. It's not fair to her. Uh, and, and it just comes down to me making sure that I get done what I need to get done during the workday. And then after the workday is done, I have a hard stop. I, 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 I finish, uh, whenever I, ha I have a shutdown, whenever I say I'm done, then I'm done, right? And unless I'm not around her or, or whatever, right? But whenever I'm done, I'm done. And I want to be 100% fully present with her. And then another part with the relationships, this is just with friendships, right? And so hopefully with, with 2021, we're going to be able to spend some more time with friends in person. You know, I, this is this is something that I'm sure everyone is, is very... Uh, Hopefully, 
hopefully optimistic about, or um, I know that everyone is yearning to to spend some time with people in person, doing things that we all know and love. Uh, and yeah, so I, I really hope that that can uh, be improved in 2021. All right, so that's that's the relationships part. Uh, the next part is fitness. Fitness is not was not working really for me in. 2020. Again, life is about trade-offs and things, and I was completely fine with simply just coasting throughout all of 2020. Um, but now, as the year has has come to an end, uh, and I don't know what it is. Maybe just be maybe being back home as well. Uh, I haven't been working out as much. I've been eating more, which is all normal around the holidays. I just want to say there's even data about that. There, it's typical to go through these ebbs and flows uh, of weight gain and things like that. Um, but for me, it's like I have I had moments where I could have gone to the gym or I could have made the better choice whenever it comes to food, and I didn't. And so for me that's lacking on values that I hold important to me, right? I'm breaking the promises that I make myself, make to myself. And I think that that is, that's something crucial, right? It's, it's different if I'm like, okay, it's time to relax. I'm not going to worry about it. But whenever I do care and I still break my promise, well, then there's a disconnect in my values, right? And for me, that's not okay. Um, so, I'm not saying I'm going to be competing in some other bodybuilding competition or something like that, and I'm going to go full on 100%. However, I'm going to try and find a little bit more routine and structure and regain my consistency with fitness and try and, and find a little bit more of that spark and love that I once had for it. And, and, and I think that that comes with progression and setting some goals and achieving those goals over time. And so I'll probably do some type of like fat loss phase whenever I it first, um, whenever the new year begins, actually. And it's more so, it's not because it's necessarily the new year. It's more so because I'm not going to be, you know, super strict about my diet while I am um, here staying with my parents, right? Because we, we have dinners, we have family dinners. There's, there's other opportunities and things to, to eat delicious foods that my mom has made. Uh, and I am absolutely, as far as values go, that will definitely come before fat loss. But whenever I get back in New York city with my girlfriend and we have more of our, our regular routine down, then, uh, I think that I'm going to have maybe a six to eight week mini cut and try and back down on the, uh, on the bourbons and the wine and things like that, and, and just try and make better choices. And so maybe I'll document through that and, and it'll be really helpful for you guys as well, because it'll give me a new perspective on, on ideas and things that I think that I can probably share with you all that would be helpful as well. So yeah, those are the three things on what was not working in 2020. So in business, it was time. It's time to put in the work, relationships. I want to be fully present with my girlfriend, uh, and then as far as friends go, spend more time with them in person. And then fitness. I want to regain my consistency. And then let's get into question number three, and we will wrap this up. So question three is: How can I fix what's not working? for a better result. So what specific things can I focus on next time? So everything that I just talked about, what am I going to do, right? As far as action steps go. So what am I actually going to do about that, that business problem, that relationship problem and the fitness problem. And that is what I hope to share with you guys here. Um, so real quick, getting a sip of water and I'll start this question. I had a quote again by Josh Waitzkin. Um, this relates to the the business side of things, and I think that is whenever it comes to putting in the work and sim simply putting my head down and just putting in the reps, uh, I, I think that that is going to come with an immense amount of concentration, attention, effort, and and very deep focus. And the, the quote by Waitzkin, what he says is, most people in high-stress decision-making industries are always operating at this kind of simmering six, as opposed to the undulation between deep relaxation and being at a 10. 
And so Josh argues that in order to be a 10 out of 10 with focus, you have to be able to hit a zero out of 10 via relaxation and recovery. Because if you're always at a 10 out of 10, you're going to eventually uh, um, lead to to burnout and you're not going to have any ideas and you're not going to be able to solve any problems. So that's the importance of the yin and the yang of very deep, intense focus and then relaxation and recovery. And so with with my goal of, of putting out high uh, large amounts of high quality work, I think that one good action step for that is going to be five hours of deep work per workday and using a scoreboard. So what this means is I'm not saying that I'm only working five hours per day, although that that does typically that does often happen. Uh, and whenever I say deep work, I mean what Waitskin is talking about here. I'm not talking about a simmering six and checking things, you know, checking Instagram in between uh, emails or, or this and that. I'm talking about a 10 out of 10 focus for five hours per day with no distractions around my highest priority tasks, right? And whenever I say using a scoreboard, what I mean by that is what I've done in the past and that I think has worked really well for me, but I just got away with it, um, was having some type of note card or sticky note actually taped to my laptop. And every time, and I would use a timer, I have a little kitchen timer that I set up next to my laptop whenever I'm doing work. And whenever that hour would, after that, that time would be up, I would just put a little tally mark on that sticky note or on that um, note card. Right. So you, you have some type of scoreboard that gives you objective evidence of how hard you did or did not work for that day. Right. And, and so I think that having something like that is, is both inspiration uh, and it's also motivation so that I can keep that going on a regular basis. And then hopefully I can tally up those workout that those total hours of deep work at the end of the week. I just, I, I wanna make sure that my my key indicators uh, are showing me whether I'm putting in the work or not, right? And I think that that's the only thing that I can control because I can't control, you know, how many clients sign up with me. You know, I can't force people to, to sign up uh, to work with me, but what I can control is how many deep work hours I put in every single day and then using a tracking system to go along with that, right? So I think this is something that all of you all can do as well. Another step under business is going to be setting uh, 90-day macro goals and 30-day milestones that will show I'm on track with those macro goals in the 90 days. So this is something that I use sometimes with clients for example, if they want to, and I've talked about this multiple times, let's say you want to use, lose 15 pounds in 90 days, well, then a good milestone in 30 days would be you need to be five pounds down, right? Because if you want to do 15 pounds over 90 days, five pounds in a 30-day period is uh, good evidence that you're on track with your goals. And so for me, I actually don't always love setting goals for my business and I may end up not doing this after trying it out a few times because maybe it's just it's it's being counterproductive with what I'm trying to do. But I think one thing I struggle at is actually giving myself deadlines. And I, I'm very much more of a creative type, not a type A person. Like I don't like spreadsheets. I don't like Excel. I don't like uh, tracking a lot of things and metrics and statistics and all that shit. Like it's just not me. Right. But I think that's also a weakness of mine, especially whenever it comes to business and whenever I want certain results to happen, I think it's important to go out of that, that comfort zone. And so this could be something to relate it back to fitness for you, right? Maybe you are somebody who's always watched what they ate and they took the gym seriously, but they never pushed themselves to that next level by tracking their specific progress, by having these outcome goals and then tracking the milestone goals along the way, right? And so that's exactly what I'm trying to do, except with business. And so the um, with the business action step, the, so it's, it'll be five hours of deep work per day and using the scoreboard, 
setting 90-day macro goals and 30-day milestones. Uh, and then the next one would be scheduling my tomorrow today. And this is something I've talked about in the past as well, but scheduling every minute of my day tomorrow around my highest priority things that I want to get done has just been so crucial. Whenever I, I do it, I would say 70% of the time. And whenever I don't do it, I instantly feel more anxious and less productive. And typically that's what ends up happening as well. I, I, I have less productive days whenever I don't make my schedule the day before. And, and so for me, that's just literally writing it out on a, on a notebook, uh, using the lines in a notebook, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, and just time blocking exactly what I'm going to be doing every single minute. And just because I time block, it doesn't mean I have to do that exactly, right? The, the schedule can be flexible. Whenever something comes up, all I do is make a quick edit and then I can, uh, uh, I can redo the schedule for the rest of the day and that's totally fine. So that's something that I have to remember as well. So for business, those, those were my step, those were my action steps that I really want to do in 2021, uh, for relationships, my action step for this is very simply get my work done on time. So this kind of coincides with, with the business action step. And that's why, uh, you'll notice I was very specific about those business action steps. And I took those, uh, I'm, I elaborated on those a little bit more because I, I need to be very specific with those so that I can nail those in my career aspect, but then that will then allow me to be fully present in my relationship, right? So this is, this is, goes back to the premise of my whole thing. Uh, you know, my little tagline of more than fitness, right? The, the more than fitness podcast, it's called the more than fitness podcast because there's, there's so many other things that are going to infect, that are going to affect your, your happiness, your well being, your health, besides how many calories and macros you ate for that day or if you missed your workout or not, right? If you're stressed out at work, you're going to get a shitty workout. You're going to get, maybe get shitty sleep, et cetera, et cetera. All these things coincide together. And so for the relationship action step, it's to make sure I get my work done on time every single day or at least most days, right? I'm not, again, I'm not expecting perfection here, but that is the goal. And then as far as friends, it's like, who knows what coronavirus is going to be, but for, for just simplicity, simplicity sake, I put down on here to reach out to friends every two weeks. And so if this is in person, that would be ideal, but if not, then maybe some type of FaceTime or something like that. And then lastly, is going to be my fitness action step. And so for me, this is going to be buying or creating a workout plan that I can follow. I'm going to say probably about four times a week. That's going to be my sweet spot. I'll probably do four lifting days per week. And then if I want to, I will maybe do some walking or some other type of cardio on my off days. Um, and then also using my habit-based tracker that I use with my clients, I'm going to use it myself. Because, of course, if it's good enough for my clients, it's got to be good enough for me too. Uh, so I will be using my own habit-based tracker. Going back to somewhat, like I said, with the business goals of of thirty-day milestones, ninety-day goals, uh, and then breaking that down into daily process goals that I want to hit every single day, which I've talked about quite a few times in, in past episodes. So if you want to learn more about the differences between like outcome goals and daily process goals and what that may look like with whenever it comes to, to fitness, definitely go back through my older podcasts. But that's, that's how I plan on tackling it. Uh, I'm going to have a workout plan and then I'm going to use my habit-based tracker. It's simple. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. It's just going to come down to me having that initial shift in my mind of, okay, fitness is now a higher priority than what it was previously. If I want to go out to eat, sure, I can, I can maybe get that, that glass of wine with dinner, but I'm also going to make sure that I have a side salad as well, or I'm going to make my main meal a salad, right? And then I'm going to skip the dessert. And then I'm going to make sure that my, my last meal of the night is on point two. I'm not just going to say, fuck it, and then eat whatever I want the rest of the night, uh, or, or maybe have that one glass of wine turned into three glasses of wine, or maybe another bourbon or something like that, right? 
So that's just one example of, of how I plan on tackling that. Okay, and that that's about it. That's what I got for my, my 2021 retrospective. I think now the time has come where you guys need to create your own personal retrospective. Uh, I think I, I want you guys to to give you, I want to give you guys this homework, this task, whatever you want to call it, to give yourself some time to think, reflect, and write down everything that uh, go through each one of these questions that I just talked about and figure out what you want to make your 2021 retrospective to look like. Right, like I, I think what I want you guys to do is is to to reflect on on how 2020 went, and then um, see how you can make 2021 better. I think that this should take you roughly about an hour, uh, and again, you owe it to yourself, both past and future you. So, what went well? What could you improve on? Uh, and, and how can you make 2021 as good as you can possibly make it? Again, if you want to see more in depth about my retrospectives, I'll put my 2019 retrospect. That, that's a tough word after saying it quite a few times. I'll put my 2019 retrospective in the description. You can read through that. And I'll also be typing this one up uh, at some point. Not going to make any promises just yet, but I will be doing it because I want to put it up on my blog. Uh, I've written out quite a bit with these notes, so I'll probably just turn it into some type of quick blog post, throw it up on my website, and you guys can read it there uh, so that you don't have to maybe take notes throughout this thing. Um, But yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that 2020 for all of you hasn't been too ridiculously terrible. Uh, I think if anything, it has made us all quite a bit more resilient. And hopefully 2021 is the year of opportunity and of maybe not wearing masks and and shutting down businesses and um, people dying daily. It's just, it's terrible. Um, And that's the note that I'm going to end this on. But hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. And uh, I'll see you in 2021. Okay, see ya. And that is that, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Than Fitness Podcast. And please, if you could help me out a little bit here and leave a rate and review in iTunes and also take a screenshot and post it up on your IG story. Tag me at mattmcleod6. I'd love to share it. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast and also so that we can share the word with other people. I would love to build up this community, build up this tribe of people that we have like you and I uh, and get the word out there. Uh, Also, if you want more free content, you can check the links in the description. I have my free four-week workout plan, The Ultimate Physique Development. And also, if you want to work with me online, one-on-one for personal coaching, you can check the link in the description as well. Uh, And anything else you need, please send me an email, send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. Again, thank you so much for listening.